Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But they really all sold out. Feel all together. You with me now. Hey everybody, welcome back to a very rainy edition of Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. <laughs> and that's the thunder. <laughs> and, and, and that's the bearer of bad news. <laughs> God, knows. Uh, God knows me. Um, actually, you know what? We were just talking about something off, like we were talking about stuff offline. And I think I kind of want to, like, should we talk about Gemstones season finale also? Because, I mean, we, we kind of talked about Gemstones before the two-episode season finale. And I did know it was a two-episode season finale that were gonna, they were going to drop on us. Um, yeah. Maybe talk about that. Uh, so I, I thought it was odd when they announced, not that they announced the renewal, but much yeah. like. Uh, Disney announcing like, oh hey, Donald Glover and his brother are going to take over Lando, which we were, yeah, we're also briefly discussion. Um, yes. It felt weird to announce like, oh yeah, we're definitely picking up the show when we don't even know when things will be starting back up. Like, yeah, there's no inkling of a deal. No, none whatsoever, unless they had an option for a fourth season. Which is which makes sense that they would automatically renew it because it's the most watched show on HBO. So of course, like, which is always shocking to me. Like, it's not, but it is because, yeah. like, you would think that something something different would like Succession, like as it ended, would be. But no, it's not even close. Like, like that's what I find funny is that the internet loves. Well, this season feels like it's the rise of the gemstones, right? Like in pop culture, like I started seeing a lot more memes. But um, yeah, it's always shocking to me to, to hear that, that it's the most watched show on HBO. But it isn't because like you get to the end of this season and it goes wild. But it stays true to roots and it just becomes this like if you've stayed along for the ride, it's like a wonderful payoff, right? Like the season, like at the end of it. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like an end. Like, yeah, if, right? if they weren't going to get a season four, then this was a good place to to just stay. Yeah. I mean, how can you? Okay, so spoilers, guys. I mean, like, I mean, of course, we, we ruin everything, but this is a show that I especially want you guys to watch. So if you haven't watched it, just stop. Don't don't listen to anything that we're going to talk about right now, because it's going to ruin the ending for you. Uh, that being said. I mean, Jesus, they go so magnolia religious with it that yeah. I was not, ex I, I wasn't expecting it, but then when it happens with the, with the locust, it's not only like, and that's not even the end end. And that's, what's great about this is that it's like, <laughs> it's like this whole, like, you know, it's this whole divine inter intervention, right? God intervening on these, on these hooligans doing stupid ass shit um to kind of like solidify them in a in, in a way and i don't know it's just kind of like it, it was so wild to watch this unfold because i was like i was looking around I was like, what the fuck is happening what what um it, is it is it funny that the locust in at the end of this plays better than 
the locust plot of uh, Jurassic World. Oh, three. God. Just, <laughs> okay. Okay. So much better. So much better. It's so weird how that <laughs> They built that, that movie worked. around the locust plot, and the locust yes. here made more sense than it did there. <laughs> Yeah, and they don't even, and, and the best part, like, and I think the audience would agree with me, is that there's no, it comes out of left fucking field. It's like the Magnolia, it's like the Magnolia Reign of Frogs, right? Yeah. Like, you don't, like, you, you don't, ex, like, if you've never seen that movie before, right, and you're building up this three-hour fucking event, and at the end of it, like, the big thing that happens is a, a literally a reign of, of frogs, like the same thing happens with the with gemstones. It's like it just comes out of left field. Like, but like, I mean, can we be honest? Like, I mean, we it's also been building up for two seasons to uh, you know, um, baby Billy's Bible bonkers, which yeah, I mean, Jesus, like, you know, talk about living up to like the exact thing that you exactly want baby Billy to do, right? Um, but then it just like I said, like the the locusts come in. And it's just like, what? I mean, because there's so many storylines that are going on at the same time. And this is where it's like a Dossier Machina works. Like, I, I like it, it, it almost like it's like it's literally like something out of the Bible, right? Like they, they basically they've been referencing things for so long that like when it plays out because of the good writing that they've done, because of the writing that McBride and like the the triumphant right like danny mcbride david gordon green and jody hill the three like the three directors but also like the the triumvirate of any of these things that they take on like managed to do such great writing like implant stuff so early on that like <clears throat> like anything that happens you're okay with right like it's like the redeemer plot right it starts off as something so stupid so stupid, so Danny McBride, but they transmorph it by the end into something super emotional that you're watching, and it's a bit of joy for everybody, but it, it's more than that. It's like this thing where everybody comes together and gets to be a part of something that's like gemstone-esque. Um, it's it's kind of like it's like my favorite thing right now. Like, like I'm I'm actually gonna probably I'm gonna roll it back and. My wife hasn't been interested, but she started to see the memes and she started to see like, like, like she always watches with weird concern when I laugh as much as I do at something, because it usually means that it's something fairly disturbing or fairly dark. And so we're going to go back, but I'm really looking forward to going back because I know, I know everything that's happening. So now I can watch how they built it because I yeah. haven't gone back and done a rewatch. Um, so, but yeah, like, um, I was going to ask you, I mean, we kind of talked about it, but we haven't really full on talked about it. Um, I, I mean, it's like I told you, like the Gideon and Eli stuff hit me hard, hard. Um, uh, but I also kind of wanted to take your take on it because they're talking about an area that like not you per like, but the South and family like is the big picture of this story, right? It's a, it's about a patriarch. It's about a a big family, a big, like, you know, but it's set in the South and it's about the South in a lot of ways, but not in that way that is condescending, I feel like. But I also wanted to talk to you about that because it's like, 
it touches on a lot of things that I feel like other films or other TV shows, when they're done by South, but, but by Northerners, they mock. But this one doesn't feel like it's mocking. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if you know this. My grandfather was the pastor of a church. So no, you, my, you never told my, me that. My mom is a preacher's kid. So, oh, okay. Um, it is, uh, it, like, so, like, watching it hits a little close to home. Like, her and her siblings aren't quite the gemstones. Obviously, we didn't open a mega church. I'm not super wealthy. I don't drive around in a, a monster truck. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, just the the ideas behind it you know and the the way the the family interacts like it's very true um there's a lot less like crazy swearing like the it's like they try to just outdo each other with the insults that they just they're so bizarre yeah you know but that's like a Danny McBride thing. Like his his group, like that whole uh, team, that they, they just seem to thrive on. Like, what's the most batshit insane like insult I can throw out here? Uh, you know, with my family, it's probably more just like you know, go fuck yourself, and you know, stuff like that. Um, you know. But yeah, it 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 is very kind of true to the the relationships themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like I see a lot of my grandfather in Eli Gemstone, and both good and bad. You know. Yeah. No. No. I I definitely can feel that. Like, like it is it safe to assume? Like, I'm gonna throw something out there that I feel is very kind of apropos. Like, and I think that it's part of the reason why like we're like everybody is drawn to the show um and i feel like it's going to be the thing that we're going to end up talking about at the end of it but it's just john goodman is such a great patriarch that i think that a northern boy like me a northern west coast boy like me and a southern boy like you can both see our grandfather in john goodman like yeah. it's weird how that yeah. works right like, and Oh, go ahead. I, don't, so I don't know if you watch do you watch the Connors? Um, I watched the first two seasons of it. Um, and then I just I just kind of lost. Um I I lost. I think part of it was the Roseanne thing. Like it was before, or I watched Roseanne and then I watched one season of the Connors and I hadn't been able to keep up. Okay. Um okay. I, I really, really enjoy it. Um mm-hmm. mostly for like him and the the very like uh uh low income aspect of like how they live their lives because I mm-hmm. really relate to that. But yep. it's interesting watching those shows concurrently and seeing John Goodman play that very, very like I mean blue collar, it's that's not even the right word because they're so like they're not even paycheck to paycheck. They're they're like day to day for yes. most of the time. You know. Um mm-hmm. watching him be that person and also Eli Gemstone, like 
it, it just he's such an underrated talent, which is weird because, you know, he's one of those guys that like everybody wants to work with, but I, he's just never, I don't think ever gotten the, the true credit that he deserves for, for just how great he is. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's weird to watch both those shows and see my family in both of those shows. And a mm-hmm. lot of it has to do with John Goodman. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, I know what it is. It's that we grew up on him. Like there were, there were a couple of different father figures that we grew up watching. And one of them, I, who I won't talk about, like betrayed us all. Like, I mean, he was a true son of a bitch and he betrayed us all. And I refused to talk about him. I mean, he was, he was this a lot longer, a lot long before uh, he became, you know, uh, the, the, the the father that everybody loved but i mean goodman was the same way it's just he didn't betray us like he just remained good and like i think there's a there's a whole generation of us that grew up with him not just there but if you think about it like we got to see him there but then he spoke he spiked up in different in different like huge filmmakers from a certain era like wanted to work with him and it was like like i don't know about you but like watching him in like something like always is great because he's so good. Like he's like, yeah. he's not, he's like what Seth Rogen is to the Fablemans in a lot of ways, because it doesn't make sense that Spielberg would cast him. But then when you watch him in the movie, it makes absolute sense. Like his, like, like everything about him in that movie, I just love. But then you also see like, he, he shows up in the Coen brothers movies. Right? I mean, like, so that was the first stuff I'd seen him in. Besides, um, Roseanne. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird that this is turning into a John Goodman praise a thon, but I'm down for it. <laughs> um, yes. So the first thing I remember seeing him in outside of Roseanne is Raising Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. Because it, it was one of, I mean, we were at the, we've talked about this. I mean, every weekend, every Friday, we were at uh, mm-hmm. the local movie stop you know we went yeah. to a place called movie gallery most of the time um but mm-hmm. blockbuster when they you know rose up and so we were we would just rent anything and yeah. um i very i'm pretty sure my dad was just like oh john goodman nick cage like i'm down for that and yeah. i don't think it was his kind of movie but <laughs> like it was weird and kind of funny enough that that we like latched onto it as kids. Yeah. But a lot of that also had to do with the like very like very southern, very uh poor uh atmosphere of it. Um so much so that if you go back and watch that movie, I don't know when the last time you watched it is, but Oh, so, it's one of my favorite so i saw it last year but uh, okay what, what scene are you talking about the, I, I mean, like let the me trailer go ahead they they live in the the oh yeah 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 house did they so that couch with the like flower yeah. pattern and yeah my grandmother had that couch that exact oh, couch oh shit oh that's <laughs> so crazy. like every time i watch that movie i'm just like it was my grandmother's couch she slept on that couch for like 
most of my life. <laughs> um, like, yeah, like, man, like, Raising Arizona is like it's it's a it's a foundational film for me. Like, it's top you, twenty. You got a panty on your head. Your head, son. <laughs> you got a panty on your head. Like, and let's let's be honest. Like, it it has the it has the best chase scene of all time. Like that, that, like when he goes into the market to the, to the very last point where she, she fucking smacks him or she slugs him. Like from that, that sustained 15 minute set piece is amazing. Like other, other films have tried to do the, do the into the houses and out of the houses like chases, but nothing as good as this one. Um, it's a it's a brilliant brilliant movie and Goodman with um, uh, Goodman as one of the like you know one of uh, um, HI's uh, like prison uh, fellow prisoners and inmates is just a bit of brilliance. I mean he's I mean he's good in everything that he's in right and but I don't think that people have just like you said just people have not given him the credit that he really deserves right um i mean he takes something as pedestrian as um clover street uh the the one that he did the cloverfield movie uh was yeah. it cloverfield I, lane i still haven't and seen he, he makes that oh my god he's so fucking good in that he's like it's electrifying to watch him um and he makes it not a joke, right? Like, it's not a joke. It's not funny. It's, like, literally, like, he is, like, he's, like, you know, he's just brilliant in it. And, and it makes sense, the reason why they they hired him to do that. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know, like, I feel like this is the first time where he's getting the kind of, it's almost like, like, I think I've compared it before. I, I think I've said, um, like, I've heard people like call gemstones like you know redneck godfather and i feel like that's insulting but what isn't insulting is the comparison to the godfather because i feel like like he's getting the kind of reverence that marlon brando did in the godfather as don Vito, but it's a more lived-in performance it's like it's like mcbride and company have decided you know what the righteous part like of gemstones might just be like like John Goodman, but we're going to show you everything. And, and Goodman is going to let you into, into a man who like presents himself as, as one thing for the public and for his family, trying to be, make them better. But inside he is just as cracked and complicated and sometimes not very good of a person, but we're still going to go with him because it's John fucking Goodman. And he's that fucking good. And he's that fucking compelling in this in in this in this thing. And he's like, he's not just the heart of the show, but he's like the heart and soul. It doesn't work without him. Without him, it's just eastbound and down, right? Like it's Danny McBride unchecked. Um, I feel like Goodman keeps everybody super honest. Like, um, I feel like like everything that happened this year with Judy is like literally like it is all spouted out from Goodman. If Goodman's not there bouncing off of her in a way that I feel like is appropriate, it doesn't work. But I mean, it's also like Goodman's willingness to go where they take him. Like, you know, they, he trusts them enough. Right. Yeah. Um, which, which is, which is really exciting to me. Like, to me, it's like, 
when you have a guy who had who's had decades of experience like Goodman does, and he's willing to play with guys who are not at like not at the legendary status, but they're getting there, right? I mean, they keep on taking on things, and regardless of what you think of them, like as a whole, like regardless of what you think of Halloween, that's David Gordon Green's and Danny McBride's Halloween, right? That trilogy. Whether regardless of what you think of it, it's a good thing or a bad thing in containment. And when you look at it and you look at their filmography, it makes sense. It's their thing. And it's successful from a Danny McBride, David Gordon Green um, yeah. filter. Um, he's bounded down. Same thing. It's contained. Vice Principles is like like with gemstones. It's on another level because they didn't they left right when it needed to. Where he's bounded down was like. I don't even know if it should have had a second season. Like it should have had the second season, but I think that there's a certain point where it should have just cut off, right? But yeah, like the Will Ferrell stuff in the in Eastbound and Down gets really, really bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Like it's like it's almost like a competition between him and McBride to see who can go stupider and yeah. just wild bonkers. Like, because I mean it's also like it's it's Will Ferrell like at prime Will Ferrell, like Will Ferrellness, right? It's like it's maybe five years post. Um, I think it's like five or six years post um, Elf and the rise of Elf, and like just how powerful he was. And it just, I don't know, like, like you know, like whenever I see it, it feels like a competition. Like if I ever see a scene from it, it feels like they're always trying to one up one another. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, but I mean, gemstones. I feel like. Like, it's like, it's their thing. It's like the thing that we're going to look back on and go, fuck, yeah, they were a lot better than people gave them credit for. Because, I mean, okay, so like with this, with the ending of this, like, are you interested in them and their take on The Exorcist? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I am. Because, so like, I really enjoy those first two Halloween movies. Yes. That they did. Um, yeah. I, I feel like they dropped the ball with the third one. Not that it's a bad movie. It's just like, it's like they just didn't know how to end it. No, and, you're 100% right. And it it's fine. It's just, it's not a great ending and it's not, it's not very cohesive. It feels, it feels more like it should be the second movie than the third movie. Um, but, uh, I'm I'm definitely interested in their take on on that and how they approach religion from a non mocking's not really the right word because they're not really mocking religion they're kind of mocking organized religion but um taking on religious uh beliefs and religious aspects in a very very serious tone is not something we've really seen them do. Um, not that gemstones can't be serious, but that seriousness is always almost immediately undercut with something like so asinine and off the wall that, yeah. you know, you don't take it seriously. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm definitely interested. I don't, I also don't have a fondness for The Exorcist. That a lot of people do. Halloween, though, was a very precious franchise that 
got less precious when Rob Zombie did try, tried to oh, remake yeah. it. Um, but it's still been a very precious franchise to me. It, it's one of the horror franchises that that we just grew up watching with my dad and my uncles. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, that that mythology was very, like, close to my heart. Um, I, I don't know that ignoring all the sequels was my favorite thing, but um, I did appreciate the fact that they, they approached it that way. Um, and it's not like the, the series itself hasn't just gone back and kind of, like, picked and chosen which sequels are canon and <laughs> which ones aren't. Um, yep. No, so. absolutely. A hundred percent. Like, um, but yeah, I'm interested too. Like, uh, I think for the same reasons that you are like, can they do it? Cause it's three, it's, it's like, it was announced as a trilogy, right? Yeah. Um, like, and, with, mean, it's with, is it with universal again? Yep. It's with the uh, okay. universal. They got the rights because I think it's um, they paid a pretty hefty amount for it from uh, Morgan Creek, uh, who initially had it. They're the ones that did that running hard. Like, like I feel like like if anybody feels like they're precious about about the the Exorcist franchise, let me remind you of this. This is the franchise that has two movies that are basically essentially the same movie. Like it's the one directed by Paul Schrader, the other directed by Rennie fucking Harlan. And <laughs> they felt like the Paul Schrader stuff was too meditative for a movie that for a, for an original, for a, a movie that originated with two hours and 10 minutes of nothing happening. Some uh, with blips of weirdness. But essentially, nothing happening until the last 10 minutes of this movie. Like, let us remember that that's what happened in The Exorcist. The reason why The Exorcist works is because for two hours, it's about this girl. Like, they're trying to figure out what the fuck this girl is, what's happening to this girl, and all the terrible shit that they do to her, poke and prod her, and put her through hell till she actually, like, you know, until they actually figure out what it actually is, right? Um, Yeah. I really do hope, like, it looks like from the trailers, and then the cast they got is also a paramount of this. Like, having Leslie Odom Jr., who's not known for this kind of stuff, actually being the father in this movie, and then also Ellen Burstyn, getting Ellen Burstyn back at, what is she, like, 85? I mean, like, the the, the, the part for me that's scary is, is, is she gonna make the trilogy? Like, can she make the trilogy? Though, Gordon Green works super fast like i mean he literally made his trilogy in three years that's with a fucking pandemic that's with a pandemic in it in the middle of it and Um, that's probably why that last halloween movie gets a little bit of a pass from me because i feel like if he were a little more unrestricted we we probably could have gotten something more cohesive um yeah but if you put that up against any of the other Halloween sequels, I guarantee you it measures up. Like it measures up because it's yeah. I think the enough. only one that's truly better as a film is Halloween two. I make a I I'm a three apologist, so I would make a, an apology for three because three it is so vastly different. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, if we're talking prime, maybe two, but I don't know, man, like 
the things the the business they get up to in part two or part three with this whole like yeah like we said before in our last in our in our one last october i think it was last october yeah it was jesus christ it was just october like last year was yeah. when halloween ends came out um but like what we said was if it didn't have the late if it was like a david gordon green movie and you had zero like it, it was no, not a halloween film this movie we would be talking about it in different terms because he broke like in a in in a weird way i think he's probably learned how much you can break a franchise from that from from that series right like what was successful and what wasn't cuz there's there's things that are super successful about it and there's things that are really not successful like it's like literally like like we've talked about it. it's shit like like some of the stuff that they go they do it's like oh why this is not a. This is not what the confines of a Halloween. I'm okay with breaking the mold, right? But I'm not. I'm not okay with breaking it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's there's a difference between bending and breaking, and it feels like it's more breaking. But that's all to say, just just as a thing, is like, I think that gemstones in a weird way retroactively like rewired my brain to think holy shit, this, this exorcist thing should actually be a little bit higher on my radar or a little bit, a little bit more, I should be a little bit more excited about this. If we even get it, I mean, fucking the strike is happening in such a way that, I mean, we've heard rumors that Dune is going to summer 2024. Um, yeah. Aquaman is, is probably never going to be released at this point. I mean, Momo will be like 58 when he retire when it, when it comes out. Um, they're like, uh, there's another movie in October that oh they're already talking. Um, if the strike doesn't get settled soon, that um, the big Oscar movies like uh, Scorsese's The Fla Killers of the Flower Moon and things like that are going to move. And it's like, wow, like that's crazy. Like, like, but that being said, um, I'm super interested now for the exact things that you you you've said. Like, they're a serious take on 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 like you know faith. Because that's what I feel it's like more than anything that uh, that it's like going to try to take on is not so yeah. much religion as much as it is yeah, faith. Right. And like even like because the whole concept, which is like kind of cool, it's like they're they're making her an exorcist. They're making um, uh, they're making um, Ellen Burstyn's character an exorcist, but like one that maybe shouldn't be doing exorcisms um which is kind of like a, a cool concept uh which i really like i mean like you know this year we saw fucking um what's his name uh russell crowe with his geppetto accent on a scooter like become the pope's exorcist and it was terrible like i've seen it it's terrible it's it's unequivocally terrible like it, it made a surprising amount of money like, so much so that he's coming back with the damn yeah. Geppetto accent, man. Like, you know, Gemstones is more respectful to the South than Russell Crowe, like, in its entirety of its run, than Russell Crowe is to the nation of Italy in the span of 90 minutes. It's so insulting. Like, you, like it's literally like, it's like a Roberto Bagini accent. But Roberto Bagini can't help what he's doing because that's his accent. I, yeah. I'm, like, I wild out about it. Like, Literally, I barely got through that movie. Like, I thought I thought it was going to be fun because, you know me, I, I like a good bad movie. Like, you know, bad movie on accident. Man, this is nothing. Like, this is like, this is like, uh, like, 
Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Not not the first one, the second one. How yeah. they were intentionally trying to make a bad movie, but it didn't work because you can't make an intentionally bad movie. It, it, bad movies just happen. They grow out of like bullshit and a lot of yeah. cocaine most of the time. So, but anywho, um, it's all to say I'm actually I'm like with you. I'm excited about it. Um, so I was going to ask you also one more thing, which is is that um, do you think it's a bad thing that they they got a fourth season after the way that it ends? Um, I I don't know where you go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they have ideas. Uh, they certainly opened the Kelvin door, or at least closed oh, yeah, the, the idea of whether or not he is gay. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they they certainly answered that question. So uh, I could see them dealing with uh, homosexuality in, in the framing of the church and how, uh, you know, some some factions of especially in the south some factions have come around to seeing the light on that and some are still very much like oh that's a sin and you're gonna burn in hell um but uh other than that i mean so we end with judy's marriage seemingly pretty strong we end with um uh Danny McBride's family like really solidified and and him doing for his one of his sons at least what his father should have done for him you know yeah. dropping him off at military well, school um which could go either way right like that's a good story point like, yeah. he comes back and he's like ultra militarized i mean yeah you know, that's another one, like you said, um, and then also Gideon and Eli, like yeah. and their relationship. Um, yeah, that I'm. I am definitely interested in exploring more of the Gideon's past and Eli's past, and yes, like the the that whole familial aspect of it. Um, but uh, but also, if it had if if it had ended there like we said it would have been like oh that is the perfect bow on this show so yeah um but i also this this sounds terrible i also mm-hmm. get the feeling that they they didn't have any other than the exorcist thing but like they always seem to be working on a film and a tv show like it, yeah. it's always both of those things um and they didn't have anything in the pipeline. Like, they didn't have another yeah. show. Because when Vice Principals ended, this show was already ready. Like, it yeah. was ready to go. Um, yeah. So so they didn't have anything, you know, to fire off and be like, well, no, we, we, we feel like we've said what we need to say with Gemstones. But we have this show ready to go. Um, so... You know, I, I feel like they probably have a whiteboard of, like, various, like, gemstone ideas. I was like, okay, yeah, we could do a season four. We've got, I mean, it, it'll be, what, ten episodes? Uh, you yeah. know, yeah, we've got some, a few plot lines we can explore. You know, and we might get the the, the little um, 
a little. The the um, what was it? Not Eden. What was it called? The oh, the big a resort. Zion's Landing. Yeah, Zion's Zion's Landing. we might we might actually get a wrap up to Zion's Landing. Hopefully, yep. we get them bringing back a lot of these like minor characters that they've introduced. That I, I mean, I was so excited for Stephen Dorff to be in this show and then he was <laughs> barely in the show <laughs> our, our dude Shea Wiggum they fucking have him in like three episodes and then they fucking kill him off to give the, the gemstones the billion dollars right yeah. his billion dollar franchise rights though the way that they okay so like here's the thing that I feel like people that don't like they're still staying around god guys don't you're ruining the show but what the thing that I feel like gemstones does very well is they can still kill off a motherfucker but they'll bring him back in flashbacks and i feel uh, like are, with shay wiggum so i was thinking about shay wiggum specifically because i yeah. was like he is one of their their guys and oh, yeah. he grew up with them yeah like, he like like if you guys don't know shay wiggum has been in the very first of the david gordon green artistic movies and he went through and it's just like He's been with them for 25 years. I mean, you guys are probably barely, like, you know, you guys that are not, like, fans of these guys are barely finding out that Shea Wiggum is a fucking awesome dude, like, from Mission Impossible to to this. But, yeah, just know that he's been around for a while. But, I mean, yeah, yeah it's he's, great, He's right? kind of like who John, Gub- John Goodman is for the Coens, um, where it's just like, oh, he no, really he's is. there from the jump. And, yep. like, he's he's just, you know... Every time they call, he's it's like whatever. But specifically, yeah. I was thinking about first of all, like they they brought in Shay Wiggum, but they did with Shay Wiggum what they've done uh, with Baby Billy. It, like you gave us this extremely old character. Yes. And yes. how do you like? I was like, why? I kind of get it for Baby Billy, but. Um, I was like, Shea Wiggum, like, why do you bring him in as this, like, octogenarian race car driver? It, it, I was like, that seems so wasteful, because <laughs> this guy is so, A, so rec- he's becoming so recognizable, just because yes. he's worked so much, and, you know, he has a huge movie in theaters. I'm like, you just layer him up with all this, like, wrinkly old man makeup. And I was thinking about it when they're putting him in the ground. I was like, God, I hope that he has a kid. And the kid is just Shay Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought about like, that. Like, the um, kid comes comes for the money, you know? Well, okay, that's true. Or, like, you know that he has a daughter that's an actress, right? Mm-hmm. Um... She's, I mean, she, and she's become quite the actress. Um, maybe have her come back and have, but I mean, Shay, like, I didn't even think about that. Having Shay Wiggum come back as his son and just, oh my God, that's a bit of brilliance. Dusty Daniels. Um, I feel like they want to make a NASCAR movie so fucking, or a, a NASCAR I w- show. I would love, love to see them take on NASCAR. Just fucking fucking love it. Just love it. And they they grew up in, like, I'm in the South, and we got the Atlanta Motor Speedway, and it's fairly big where I grew up. 
but mm-hmm. not not as big as like baseball and football. Like, but I mean, they're in. They grew up in the Carolinas, man. Like it's yeah, it's it's as big there. Yeah, as, it's as anything. Like tobacco country, tobacco country, man. Like like you know, it's uh, tobacco and moonshine country. That's where that's where NASCAR was fucking like like that's where like that that dirt track like yeah. it's in the blood. Like I know I know because I've known a few people from North Carolina, and man, there are very precious few things they love more than you know not like you know uh, like moonshine. NASCAR or just racing in general, it don't matter. And tobacco, like whether it's cha or anything, like I don't know why, like I don't know why, but I just like, and I've met quite a few from North Carolina, South Carolina area, like the Carolinas, and it's very like there's like, you know, like that area is very steeped in that tradition. And like the thought of them doing a NASCAR show, or even like, I mean, could you imagine if they because if we really talk about it, like when we talk about NASCAR, like the the NASCAR everybody talks about is the Dale, is Earnhardt, is like the eighties, right? Like yeah. that's what we, we think about. I could you imagine them taking Dusty Daniels and just basically making a spin-off of the gemstones universe, but set in the eighties with Shea Wiggum as Dusty Daniels? And I mean, just, I am there for that shit, man. Right? Right? Like, like, just, oh my god. Like, I could not imagine, like, I can imagine, but quite literally, it would, it would be one of the best things in the, in the world to me to have, like, just an 80s set NASCAR-based, like, basically remake, like, I know they're fans of this film, um, because I've heard them say that they're fans, um, the Kenny Rogers NASCAR epic um, fucking six pack. But I mean, like if you give me that kind of like beginning humble origins, dirt track NASCAR, like dirt track, like off, off key NASCAR and have Dusty Daniels grow into the, into the legend that he is like, you could even call it the, like the legends of the legend of Dusty Daniels. And I would be fucking in like, you give me a Willie Nelson theme and fuck, I'm there or yeah. shit. Just give, give me a, a Kenny Rogers cover of something and I, or give me a Kenny Rogers song and I'm fucking there. Like I like and I'm not I'm not fucking joking with you guys. Like I'm serious. Like this this is what I, I would love um, with the Shea Wiggum like as like, you know, like, you know, a D.A. Not even a D.H., just a D makeup. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, like, you know. And and you're right, like like the Stephen Dorff character, um, Vance. I feel like he, he really wasn't explored. Like they they didn't explore as 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 much as they could have, or as much as I'd like as like the rival to um, the rival to Danny McBride's um, uh, Danny uh, Danny McBride's Jesse, because I feel like that's where. McBride shines is when he has somebody that he has to compete with. Um, like I mean, Vice Principals is like the prime example of it, right? Like, like, but but it's a little bit different because it's Walton Goggins and 
I mean, I think we've talked and praised uh, like, you know, the, the, the charms and genius that is Walton Goggins, like through this, this podcast pretty frequently. So like people know that we're on that, we're on yeah. that Walton Goggins train. Um, he's, he's a dude that I wish would work with the Cohen's big, just because his, his use of language, like, I, I mean, any, maybe we'll get that chance. Cause they're finally like reuniting. Right. Yeah. They are. That's another thing that we've we've heard recently is that um, they're done with the uh, they're done with the separate. I mean, we have we still have a Coen Brothers movie that hasn't come out yet, or not a Coen Brothers, but a Coen Brother movie yeah. that's not come out yet. Um, that looks very weird because it doesn't look like a Coen Brothers movie, though it feels like the story is a very Coen Brothers movie. Um, yeah, I but, saw yeah, that, that. You're talking about the the. The, the two girls, right, with the car and the yeah. drugs. And, yeah, I saw that trailer. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I, I don't even remember the name of the movie. And I was like, that looks fun. <laughs> and then you saw it and you were like, uh, okay. Like, that's a Joel, that's an Ethan Cohen movie? Yeah. Um, like, I can't even remember. I'm, I'm looking it up right now, guys. I'm sorry. It just, it was, uh, uh, God, I can't even. Because he did that. So, there's a Jerry Lee Lewis documentary that he did that's still not out yet like everybody says it's fantastic right like like because like it's just an amazing like they said it's it's an amazing fucking movie um it's called driveway dolls that's the that's that's the movie which looks like which I, i know this sounds i know this sounds very crass of me but driveway dolls looks like what a younger person thinks of a Coen Brothers movie and decides to make a Coen Brothers inspired right. movie. Like, it's it like really watching um, Boondock Saints and being like, oh, well, this guy really likes Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, shit, it is one of the Coen Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and that's the thing. Uh, so, like, them being together... Um, I mean, could you imagine like Goodman and and fucking and um uh like uh Goodman and Goggins together again, but then I mean, in a Cohen Brothers movie? It, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm there, <laughs> I'm there for anything Walton Goggins does though. Like oh, it, yeah. you know, if I find out he's in something, I'll be like, Well, I'll track that down. So yeah. uh, I mean he is the single best part of the G.I. Joe sequel. And that's yes. a movie that features Bruce Willis, The Rock, and a, a ton of other people. But Walton Goggins is fucking awesome. <laughs> he really is in, the, in, in that movie, and that's a and that's a and that's a movie that has Jonathan Price as the president, say, like yeah. literally saying, "I'm going to nuke you," and, and that includes you, North Korea. And North Korea going, "What the fuck?" Like Kim Jong Il going, the Kim Jong Il clone going, "Huh? What?" I mean. Yeah, Walton Goggins is so fucking good in that movie. You want an entire movie about his prison and him yeah. as the prisoner, or yep. him, him as the as the warden? Um, and, and I mean, again, like you know, justified. I mean, like he, like what I feel like was missing from the sequel, even though he's never he couldn't be like he could be, but he won't. Um, in the justified sequel is Walton Goggins. Like, I feel like that's the one thing that I felt like after I watched that first episode, I was like, I'm going to let a couple of episodes pass because the Walton Goggins of it all is missing. 
So you've only seen the first episode? Yes, I've only seen the first episode. Okay, so I I agree with you. Uh-huh. But the flip side of that is, um, so Justified, it, it, the original show, is so fantastic. Part of that reason is the relationship between uh, Raylan and... Um, uh, God, I just drew a blank on his name. Whoever Walton Goggins plays. Um, but originally he was always supposed to just be a bad guy. Yeah. And it, you just found out that, like, you liked him so much, even as this terrible person, um, that you kind of rooted for him. They are doing the opposite with City Primeval. Like, they want to make sure you never, ever, 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 ever like Boyd Holbrook. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like um, this is, they're uh, like, this is not going to be that relationship. You, you very much need to hate this guy. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And it's, it's funny because his name is Boyd Crowder. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. That, Walter, well, yeah. Um, oh man. Um, oh, that's good. That, I, I like that. I, I, I like the fact that. What I liked about it, what I liked about it in just the one episode is that it really does feel like if you've ever read Elmore Leonard, it really does feel like Elmore Leonard's Detroit, like in, yeah. a, in a very weird way. Like, you know, there's three places that like, I mean, I think we've talked about this where a Dutch actually writes about. He writes about Detroit, Miami or Florida and the South. Um, and each one of them are their own different kind of they have their own different type of je ne sais quoi when he talk when he when he writes about them. Um, and, uh, and it's just interesting that they chose, they chose to have him go to, to Detroit rather than Miami, which I, I appreciate, I appreciate because there's this Dodge city, like Detroit is almost like Dodge city in all the Westerns. Right. Because I mean, like, yeah, it, it gives him way more so with the first series it's about him coming back home and yes it would have been nice to see him back in miami where mm-hmm. we didn't really get to see how he was there but yeah. this gives it more of the com- like fish completely out of water <clears throat> where he's not in his element like the the original show, it's more him falling back in with with his old old routines, and you know people that he's known his whole life and shit mm-hmm. like that. And this, it's just more of like you're out of your element, dude. Like mm-hmm. this is not your backwoods Kentucky justice, and you know, but. It, in a way it is like it's all the same game it's mm-hmm. just a different setting and he's having to like learn to deal with that which i'm you would think miami would be something similar but like maybe he's just carved out this like specific pocket of things in miami cuz like when we do first meet raylan it does seem like he is like 
a big fish in a big pond. Yeah. He really does. Like he like um like what I like about um what I like about it is that he like there's a lot of like what I don't think that people understand in in it in it like it goes to a sweet spot in my heart is like when you truly take Western tropes and you're able to like implement them super hard into a crime series or into another different type of genre. And there's very much so the whole gunslinger aspect, which I mean, Timothy Oliphant gets hired because he has that swagger, because he has that kind of like gunslingerness, like the, like it's weird because like there are a lot of guys that talk about like, like you know the old school like movie star types like like steve mcqueen um like uh, like like clint eastwood and how like we don't have those guys anymore but i feel like oliphant is like in that mold right like he's that 70s he he's not even 80s he's like that 60s 70s star that yeah. new physicality mattered more than like like emotional like truth even though Oliphant can do comedy and he can do everything else, but his strongest thing is when he's that laconic Eastwood type, right? Where there's words, but they matter. And um, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, like justified, like you said, feels like he's coming back as the big swinging dick and the, the, his like, you know, um, not his ego, but his like, uh, what do they call it? his reputation is preceding him, in, in in a way that feels like hero worship. But in in Primal City, it's like a it, it's like a target that's put put on his back. Yeah, like it's like, yeah, he is in this. He is very much a little fish in a big pond, where mm-hmm. they're like your shit don't fly here, man. Like yeah, you know, where in the first first series it was like, oh, you're a big dog, and this is a little town. And, you know, it, it is still like your shit doesn't fly here, but more in the like, hey, man, like you left us behind. So fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. and this this is very much like, yeah, I don't know who you think you are, but we don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to do a big catch up. Uh, once we do, we can have a little bit more of a, a full body discussion about this. Um, Boyd Holbrook is to... so good, man. Fucking Boyd Holbrook having uh, having his way with with things is always funny uh, to me. He like... is just chewing this show up. Like every scene he's in, it's just like he is he is like a flame. Like, just a lit flame. And you're mm-hmm. just like, what? Like, he is acting around everybody. And it's just, like, just fluttering from one place to another. And it's just like, this guy's going to blow up, man. Like, he like he is... Uh, it's so just electric, man. He... I mean, Timothy Oliphant's doing fantastic work. He's always fantastic. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, watching Boyd Holbrook really, really get to dive into something because I'm really only familiar with him through Mangold. Okay. Um, I've I've seen a couple of other things, I guess, but really just know Mangold, uh, and 
it's all good stuff, but like he's never gotten to be really the focus. And I mean, he's not really the focus here, but he gets a lot of screen time and a lot of scenes that's just him carrying them. And so to see him get to do that is like, I'm like, oh shit. Now, like, I've always thought, like, oh yeah, he's great. He's a great bad guy. Like, everything I've seen him in. But this is like next level stuff. That's like that makes me like super excited to to revisit this because there's a couple of things that I've seen him in um that I feel like he's om- like he was almost there like he's not had that and this sounds like what it is he's not had that showy role that really elevates <clears throat> him to the next level but I feel like like from what you've described it really is that this is the next level for him. Like this is giving him like the showy performance that people are going to look at and go, Oh, you know what? He's not just his, like, you know, he's not just, and this is the best part is that he is nothing like his dad. He is nothing like his dad. Um, but like, you know, he, he has the, the qualities of a star like his dad did. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm excited. Did you ever like, get around to seeing vengeance? The uh, uh, what's his name from the office, Ryan? Um, oh no, I never got to see it. I know that he's in it. Um, yeah, he's he's really really good in it. But okay, like uh, it, it's such a meek performance mm-hmm. that that um, I mean he's good, but it's he's just playing this like small town Texas guy. So okay. um. But yeah, uh, th- this yeah, I, you're. I think you're going to be floored, and and I still need to watch the Sandman. I know he plays the Corinthian, um, yes. and <laughs> you know, s- since we're look likely headed into like a drought of uh, things to watch, uh, I plan on catching up on the Sandman very quickly. So ah, okay, good, good. Um, uh, I might have to do a rewatch of that just because of the fact that I'm, it's been so long. Um, I know it was just last year, but, um, the same time. and he's great in Narcos. Like, I don't know if you watched Narcos, but no, Narcos, I never was, watched it. He's legit. I mean, he like him, like, it's weird because it's like, you watch the first three seasons and you keep on asking yourself, you're like, how the fuck are like when, when I was watching is like, how the fuck are Holbrook and, and this guy, Pedro Pascal, not superstars. And the, the, the answer is very it's like oh well just wait a couple of years um because they're both fantastic in the show um as you would probably imagine so but yeah no absolutely um we could definitely talk sandman because like you said he is the corinthian there's so much more to that show um it's kind of great um uh, but anyway um yeah no uh good things uh other than that, the only things I've been watching are Harley Quinn, which I know you haven't caught up on. So we'll save that for uh, when you do. I I will say this. Last season of Harley Quinn was so good. I, I, I'm i worried maybe they should have ended there. It's good. It's still as good as like the first few seasons. But last season was so good. And, you know, it ends with, like, Harley kind of becoming more or less a good guy and yes. Ivy taking over the Legion of Doom. And it's like, that that's such a high note. It, you know, it 
it feels like this season is gonna have to be basically tearing apart the things that they built to at the end of last season because that dynamic is just not gonna it's not gonna be that fun watching her be a hero and ivy be uh the big bad so and also they're you know in a romantic relationship so it, it it's it's interesting so um, I did see the I did see the first episode and I was like, okay, this is okay. Like this is like, you know, first day at work kind of stuff. And it's yeah. mm, but like I was like like I even told my wife like who's a huge Harlequin fan, like she she loves the show. Um it's probably her favorite comic book thing because it's so female centric, right? Um she was even like, uh, let's wait and see. Let's see what happens. Because this this feels like a regression, she said. Yeah. She felt like it was like a little bit of a regression. And I was yeah. like, well, let's let's watch a couple more episodes. She goes, yeah, but you know how they do. Like, and she's right. Like Harlequin, once it takes a rope or it takes a strand, it like yanks that strand until it's done. And like what you said, it could very well be the case. Like it almost feels like that that's a foregone conclusion, right? Like at the end of the day, it's going to be like Harley versus Ivy. Because their jobs are forcing them to be. Yeah. Or um, forcing them to. It, it felt more like the old show by the time I got to the most recent episode. But yeah, uh, it, the, the first few episodes, I was like, I don't know if they can sustain this uh, with this dynamic. But uh, but yeah, I watched uh, that. I watched... Uh, you Actually, before we get to Turtles, uh, you did watch some of Twisted Metal. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I watched the first, I think it's the first three episodes. I just got out of, um, I just got out of the checkpoint, uh, with, uh, with, um, the two characters. I can't think of their name. Um, but I just got out of the, the, them being tortured by, uh, at the DMV, basically. Um, it's Anthony Mackie is so charismatic, man. He really is. Like, he really and, is. And uh, you texted me. I I didn't respond. I was. Uh, I think I might have been asleep when you texted me. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, the the music drops on the show are just so damn good. It's they just really are. So fun, and I hate that. I mean, maybe people will discover the show, or maybe it, it is just meant to be a one and done thing. But uh, I don't know. I this I like. I'm just like, man. I, I'm really like. Who would have thought in a year we get two truly good video game adaptations, and they'd be TV yeah. shows. <laughs> Realistically, yes. Like I keep on, I keep on asking myself that because I'm watching this and I'm going, this is really good. This is really good. Like, like. I like, like, the first thing I like about it is that it is not like every, like, every show that it's, that it's, uh, that it's similar to because it's super bright. Like, I know that sounds weird, but it is very, very vivid. Like, everything yeah. feels like, like, it's, and the other thing is, is that it's not shot on, like, it's shot on sets, but when you're, when you're talking about the, the driving, there's not a lot. Of, there is a few, there is a lot, there is some. 
but there's not a lot of process shooting. It feels like it's real life. Like the volume, you can tell instantly what a volume is and what it isn't, right? Um, there is some volume shooting here, but not a lot. A lot of it feels like it's physical. Um, and the, most of the driving I've seen feels very real. Yes, exactly. Um, I do like that. I do like the fact that <clears throat> the relationships between the 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 archetypes that they're playing with with Mackie and with Stephanie Beatrice are very different. Like you would expect them to have the different swaps, like Mackie be the quiet, like insular type, and Stephanie Beatrice be the the chatterbox. Like you expect them to have those kinds of like the storylines are they're like I like the way that they swap them with your expectations. Like I like Mackie as a motor mouth. Oh, me I too. Like, it, it, that's one of the things I loved when I watched that first episode. I was like, I don't know if we've ever like th this is the most I've seen him talk since like Real Steel. Yes, very much so. Like they they kind of put, and this is the marvel of the situation is that they kind of put him into the strong silent type, even though his like he is best when he's chattering, like he's talking fast. Um, because it's just something that he's very good at. You um, see bits and pieces <laughs> of that in uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yes. where uh, like when they're kind of like playing off each other. And you you recently you said you rewatched Captain America and uh, Winter Soldier, and, yes, and, and like you see some of that in uh, Winter Soldier. You see a lot more yes. of it as it goes on, especially when. He and Bucky kind of meet each other and and absolutely you and know it's, it's hate at first sight. Yeah, yeah, it's hate at first sight. Um, also, which people don't remember is he's he's in Ant Man and he he's yeah. great in Ant Man. Like yeah, like that's, that's a good scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. Like um, in a movie that's it's good, but that scene is better than like because of what they do and how they allow Mackie to be kind of Mackie, um, which you often forget that that's the case because they have him in hero mold. Um, but yeah, Twisted Metal, he's really good. And I'm sorry, but you know what? Driving acting is hard. That's hard. That's the hardest kind of acting to do, to sit immobile, but still be energetic, entertaining, and have a gravitas to you man, while you're driving. It, man. He does it, man. So, like, it just, it makes me want to like, Hop by, like, not necessarily behind the wheel of my car and go fuck yeah. some shit up, but like to like boot up the game and just be like, all right, let's go, <laughs> you know, let's, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's just so much fun. And you can tell he's having fun. And yeah, I, I'm really, really digging the show. I, I feel like not enough people are talking about it, which makes me sad. Yeah. Um, also, it's the promotion of it. Like it's 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 like it's the first time I've actually felt the the strike really yeah, come because he's really not out through. there talk. He's not mm -hmm. out there able to talk it up. So and yeah. Stephanie Beatrice too, because yeah. Stephanie Beatrice, like in the last year, like in the last two years, has really become a star, and she's like she's her star is on the rise, and it kind of sucks that she's. Like she's not able to promote the thing that she did 
that that she got after Encanto became a huge hit, yeah. right? Like, like Encanto is what made her. And I feel like Brooklyn Nine Nine did. Like, I know it sounds terrible for me to say this, but it, it felt like it did more of a disservice to her than it did a service to her. Like, it brought her to light, but I feel like it put her in this weird box that you don't. It's weird because if in. you watch like the first few episodes. She's not playing Rosa exactly the same. No, no, she's not. Uh, because she becomes way more stoic the further mm -hmm. you get. By the time you get to like the fifth or sixth episode, she's she's like Arnold, (laughs) like the Terminator, you know. Okay. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm with you on the Brooklyn Nine Nine thing. So it, it, she didn't really ever get to be. Kind of more rounded in that show Every once in a while they gave her a good arc Yeah But they gave her that that super quiet Thing all the time The the known dialogue or or like The whole thing of like they gave her the Oh okay let's let's come up with the most Wild thing that we can say about her Her, her life But they never like paid it off Which I felt like I said like did a disservice for her As a not as a character but as a star Like as a star who like, if we look at that show, like, I feel like in the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of the people that were in that show do bigger and bigger stuff because it's just such a, it's a, a talent pool there, right? Um, and they are. But her, I feel like this is like, this should have been like her kind of coming out party, like, so to speak, as an actress, because it's the first big thing that we've seen her in where she's basically co-leading. And the same thing with Mackie. Like, Mackie, this is like the, after Winter Soldier, this is the next big thing. And it kind of sucks that we're, that no one is seeing it because. Nobody's talking uh, about about it. Because nobody's promoting it. Um, And I mean, and this is a show by the guys who, like, I mean, Paul, Paul Rinnick and Rhett Reese, like, you know, amongst other, um, amongst the G.I. Joe-ness of it all, that they wrote those G.I. Joe movies. But they also wrote Deadpool. Like they wrote. Yeah, I was so shocked when you told me that. But then after the fact, I was like, oh, yeah, I see it. Like, I see the fingerprints like all over it, man. Because, like, it feels very, like, dead, like that sensibility of like breaking the fourth wall and like the Mm -hmm. destruction and the chaos and the, the, just the, the joy in all of that. Um, Yeah, I I totally saw it after the fact. But, like, I, I just, I was so. I put it, I initially put it on as something to watch while I was like cleaning or working on something. Yeah. And I just got enamored with it from like the the first, not the first few minutes, but well, yeah, it's the first few minutes where uh, he's like talking, like there's some, uh, he, he does the like voiceover of like, you know, yeah, the world went to shit. They put up walls. They kept us out. I'm the milk band. I go back and forth. But like, it's the that first stunt driving thing, where yes, it, like I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah, I I thought I was I thought I was booting up like, uh, The Walking Dead. You know, where it's just like yeah. Eh, or Mad Max. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, eh, you know, I'm just, I'm gonna like passively watch this, and then him like talking to the camera, um, you know, like this motherfucker, like or whatever he says, you know, um, 
I was just like, wait, hold on. This is not the show I thought it was going to be. And immediately I was just like, oh, I really have to watch this. It, it, it's all, it's so much fun. I'm 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 glad at least you're enjoying it because I have somebody. To oh be yeah, like, how great was this show? And then, and then like I mean, just one thing, like one shout out to Will Will Arnett's voice um, as Sweet Tooth. Um, uh, yeah, our buddy Vegas... Tim asked me about that. He's like, "How do you feel about that?" I was like, "I think it's great." Why? He was like, "What's well, Will yep. Arnett? He doesn't have a super deep voice." I was like. What are you talking about, man? Like, you don't watch yeah, enough Will Arnett stuff. <laughs> I mean, like, have you ever seen Lego Batman? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I was like, haven't you ever seen Batman? I mean, he is Batman. He is like the Batman. Like, he, yeah. he does it. Per- and, they, and they sweeten his voice with the whole electronic thing just enough yeah. to make it not Will Arnett, but also very Will Arnett. Uh, I'm like, oh, okay, Tim. That sounds interesting. Um, I don't. I, like you said, obviously you're not watching enough of him because he's so like his like he's like like his voice is so great and it's so perfect for Sweet Tooth. Um, but a shout out to him. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I I love Will Arnett, man. Like, yeah. he, he's just so like I I watch BoJack so much. Uh, <laughs> just. You know, oh, and yeah. I I know he's talked about like how dark that was for him just to do that. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's just so good in it. And, yes. like, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying I'm probably going to, because I'm off the next two days, I probably will have finished. <laughs> um, <laughs> finished by, t- by Tuesday or Wednesday when I go back to work. Uh, the only other thing I've been watching, I don't think, I don't think you're, you're, I've never heard you talk about them, but I watch a show called Tacoma FD. That's the broken um, lizard guys. You want to know something funny? <clears throat> yeah. My um my one of my childhood friends produces that show. Really? The broken lizard. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, I actually um wa- I don't normally talk. I don't talk about it because I have. I literally have ties to the show, so um I feel disingenuous if I if I'd actually talk about it because then it it leads into this whole thing of like yeah I like he's one of the um he's he's one of the producers on the show and um i've known about it since the first season it's like you know like um when when he told me that it was basically you know super troopers but set in a uh set in a fire uh, a fire department and so like i've been watching it which is exactly what it is um it literally is it's not always great but it is always fun and you can tell that they're having fun so, like, you know, in a way that, like, the Adam Sandler stuff sometimes, when it's just, like, him and his buddies, and it's like, yeah, man, like, I don't know that you're really actually creating anything here, but <laughs> I can appreciate that you took a bunch of people's money and, like, just went and had a good time and made something and was like, I don't know that it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I... I uh, it started back up recently, and I was like, yes. "Oh, I, I, they got a few episodes, so I, I caught up on that." I, I do like the Broken Wizard guys. Like, yes, again, not not highbrow. Like, I don't think they've ever hit the heights of actual the first thing they did, Super Troopers. But um, you know, it, I do appreciate that they're you know hanging out, having fun. 
Um, I know Jay, Jay Shendra, however you say it. I know he's mostly just directing now. He doesn't do a lot of on-screen stuff. Um, but they did have a movie come out on Hulu a few months ago, and I just hadn't got around to watching it. But um, anyway. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I feel like there's a lot of... If they had, like, if they didn't just want to fuck around... Um, I feel like it would have been, how can I put it? Like if they stopped just fucking around and they actually like, like did the Michael Shore thing and have like, yeah. like have multi-layer plans, this would be like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but the fire, the, the, the fireman version of it, it could yeah. be, but they're so kind of like, there's, they, they have such a, like, a, like, a. I don't even know like this this like need to not be exactly what you want it to be and be a little bit more wholesome and be a little bit more draw within the lines that it creates this whole thing of like like it's good but it's not great and i i mean like um i feel that way about most of what they've done with the exception of like like you said super troopers club dread too i I like bill paxton in that fucking movie yeah god and it's funny because like maybe that's the thing because Uh i i agree about club dread but that that movie just didn't hit for some reason um but super troopers has brian cox in it and then club dread has bill paxton in it and everything they've done since it's mostly it's just them like, yep. and I can appreciate well, that, but like, maybe you're missing that person to like, bring it to the next level, you know? No, at 150%. Like, like the problem, uh, like, and the, the problem with Super Troopers 2 is there's I not never enough got around Brian, to it. <laughs> oh, like, it's disappointing because there's not enough Brian Cox in it. Yeah. Like there's not enough Brian Cox being Brian Cox in the movie, um, and it's just it's okay. I didn't see I didn't see Quasi, um, which is their 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 uh, most recent movie that was on Hulu. Um, that one's directed by Heffernan. Um, okay, who's the like for people who don't know uh, Broken Lizard? He's the bigger uh, Chris Farley esque guy in the in there um, in the in Broken Lizard. But yeah, like Baby Makers, uh, Slamming the Salmon, um, uh, Beer Fest. Beer Fest, yeah. Which they keep like, teasing a sequel oh, to that. Weed, weed yeah, Fest they, or Marijuana yeah. Fest or something like that. With um, which Snoop Dogg and, yeah. and Willie Nelson, supposedly. Which, like you said, it, it might be, um, uh, you know, uh, it, it might not be that. It, may, it, might, it might work. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Oh, we, we will, we will see. But, um, but yeah, no, like, I like, I like the show. I do like, uh, Tacoma FD. Um, and again, like I said, more to the fact that like, I have somebody that's, I, I have somebody that I personally know who's been a friend for like all of my 45 years produces the show. I, I just don't feel, um, that I should be talking about that. Um, you know, what, what do they call that? Uh, conflict of interest, I guess. Um, (laughs) just a little bit. Um, yeah. Let's talk about why don't we talk about something that I have no conflict of interest in and 
Uh, I want to know because I told you I I let my hand out for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which is such a fucking long title with Mutant twice in it. Um, was just released on Wednesday, um, and I kind of like to know. I I know I told you what I thought, uh, but I'm actually quite curious about what you thought of this newest entry into the Ninja Turtles. Um, I was filmography. so exci- so excited to go see this movie. I was taking my nephew. He was mm-hmm. excited to go see it. Uh, we got so excited that we had to get to the theater. 45 minutes early because when I went to go pick him up, he was just like, can we go now? I was like, uh, buddy, the movie does not start quicker just because we're there. But he won. He was just like, we need to be there. We need to be there. And so we got our drinks. We got our popcorn, got our candy. We sit down. Um, <laughs> we're the only ones in the theater for a good 30 minutes. <laughs> um, and the movie started. He was so excited that he could not stop moving. So that was making me a little anxious because the theater started like filling up. Um, uh-huh. It was in a super packed theater, but we were in a small theater. So it was a fair amount of people. Um, and it just all went downhill from there. Oh, uh, no. Uh, multiple people talked during the entire film oh one, shit. one kid I, I don't i don't know the circumstances but it was it sounded like an older kid like definitely like teenage commented like it's like he was having a conversation with the movie like oh, Jesus. every single thing they said or did he said something about um, there was one guy with his daughter who, like, she had no interest in the movie. So rather than leave, they went to the front of the theater and played. Um, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, at some point. Hey, so have you ever been so on edge that your brain just shuts down and you're just like, I I can't like, I don't want to leave because I don't think any of this is bothering my nephew, but I am so like just on edge because like he's still fidgeting and like jumping around in his seat and like all of this. So at some point, like, 30 minutes into the movie, my brain just shut down. And I don't remember most of what happened. I'm fairly certain I fell asleep for 20 minutes just so that I did not have to process any of this shit that I was dealing with. Oh, shit. I wanted to leave. If it had just been me, I would have left and just been like, I'm going to come back later and see it because I cannot enjoy this movie because there's so many things happening in the theater right now. I was just like, I I am, I'm a mess. I am an absolute mess. But what I did really get to see and focus on of the movie, I, I enjoyed, like I saw what they were going for. I Uh think casting the movie with kids 
as the voices of the turtles was absolutely the right thing to do. I love how they talk over each other and it's just this like mess of dialogue. Um, it, it adds like a rewatchability to it because you're it's like, it, you, you're going to miss things. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus, like, I, I feel like we should hold off this until you actually get. I, do, I like, don't know when I'm going to get to see it again. <laughs> but even that, but even then, like, I feel like, like. I mean, I saw the beginning. I saw the end. I know. So, like, there's no spoilers that 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 can happen, you know. Um, but the but the best part, like, so the best part of the film is the middle part of the film before before it kind of like I like how shabby the movie is. Like, you get this, like, you you it's not. It really. Do, I know that's this is going to sound very kind of contrary to what people would think that that this movie should be, but. This movie really does feel like, like super bad by way of Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it, which, it's the it's the anti across the Spider Verse, right? Which is so exactly. like tightly wound. Like mm-hmm. this movie felt. It, it's weird to make a hangout movie yes. animated. <laughs> like yes. you spent a lot of money <laughs> animating a hangout movie, man. <laughs> like. You could have just put four dudes in turtle masks and had them hang out with each other. You would have gotten the same movie. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and like that's the thing is that it, it, it's very weird that it feels like there's so much dialogue about about non-plot things and just about like these two these these four brothers and their dad. Like it really does feel like there's this <laughs> the weird tangents that Splinter oh goes God. off. <laughs> like I was my, like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> my favorite, my okay. <laughs> like they told Jackie Chan to riff. It's like you yes. can't tell Jackie Chan to riff. <laughs> oh my God! Like about the 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 whole origin story is <laughs> yeah. hilarious because it's like yeah, of course a of course a rat would hate would hate fucking humans. Of course he would. Of course he would be so susceptible to that. Um, or it's, And it's like, so sweet when they bring it back around. It's so yes, sweet. It really is. But also, like, additionally, it's like the Chris conversation and the stand-ups. Holy shit, I was not expecting that. Like, during the party. And he goes, Chris Pine, the, the best Chris. And I'm like, shit did he just say like <laughs> yeah what the shit like but then you have chris evans right there and then there was another i can't remember the other one but it wasn't even a chris that was a standee yeah like, it's, just, it, it's like like they got the teenager right in this like and even then it's like what i appreciate like i think i told you what i appreciated about the movie is that when it gels into a like action movie it's 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 not about it's not about shredder it's not about killing something. It's about trying to make sure that, like, trying to make sure that there's not more destruction, which I truly appreciate that it's, it's like this weird thing where it's like about like, come on, dude, why are you doing this? Like, it's a very yeah. Ninja Turtles thing, right? Like, it's like, bro, we're all new. We're all mutants. Chill. Like that, like that's literally the message that he, that, that the Ninja Turtles and Splinter and even eventually 
the whole entire uh, the whole entire crew and i mean i have to appreciate that they literally brought it was like he was like it was like rogan and and goldberg when they were writing the script were like you know what we're not going to get another chance let's write every single damn mutant that we had that we played with that we loved from the action figure line and give them uh like you know make them into um into characters (laughs) i think like the the one that kills me like because the cast is so stacked but like yes did you literally just bring in post malone to sing Ray one. Filet? Like, he has, like, yes. two lines of dialogue. But it's so great, right? Like, and you instantly know it's Post. You instantly know it's Posty. Like, you, you, oh, my God, that's Posty. Like, and... And, <laughs> and all they what? do is tell I, him I, to shut up every time no. he opens his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so great. Like, but it's like, it's like that. Or, like, like getting, getting Ice Cube to play Superfly, Right? Like he, he seemed uh, like he was having a lot of fun. Oh, he was. He definitely was. Him, um, him and um, Mo- like you know, of course, Paul Rudd playing Mondo Gecko. Like, <laughs> I I don't even understand. Like the fight um, scene at the end, <laughs> where where is it? Uh, Mikey thinks he's rescuing him, and it's just his yes. tail. He's like, it's okay, yes. it grows back. <laughs> and then it's just like boop, and it grows back instantly. Yeah. Um. Oh my god! Like it was just—it's a lot of fun, and I feel like you got it like right—the nail right on the head, which is—is is that they, they basically, they basically like took a hangout film and made it animated, which you don't think is gonna like when you when you talk about it, it doesn't feel like it should work, but this movie works in a way that I feel like this is like. Okay, so like this feels like once people get comforted by what this movie is, they're gonna love it and they're gonna come back to it and come back to it. And it's gonna be one of those movies that is truly a cult item. The way that the way that we saw, like, like you and I have talked about like into the spider-verse is an amazing piece of art, right? But we didn't know because we don't like you don't often see people compete uh, like continually talking about something. We didn't know until across the spider-verse became this huge yeah, how, huge yeah how like impactful that movie had become yes until you get to the sequel and, and nickelodeon very much seems like into the idea of continuing this like they've already greenlit a series based on the ideas in this movie so to like continue this story and i might be wrong but i think they already said they want a sequel um yeah like i heard i heard that they kind of talked about it but they haven't officially talked about it because strike um right and because they want from everything that i've i've understood they want they they like there's contracts for us of multiple sequels but they want to make sure that Ro- uh, rogan and goldberg come back to lead the ship right. to make sure that because they really liked what they got out of them. And then of course, like, you know, the whole thing of like, I feel like without them, you don't get the cast that you got. Oh, for and sure. For sure. And you don't get, and you don't get an additional cast. Like you don't get an additional higher level cast, but I don't even think that they're the best part of the movie. I think that, I think that Mikey, Donnie, um, Leo and Rafe uh, Raph I, are like the stars. I agree. Um, Those kids are 
phenomenal. Like, I, yes. I don't know if it's just that they captured some kind of, like, magic by having them all in the booth and, uh, you know, like I said, talking over each other and doing the, like, but you can tell that they bonded. Like, yes. it feels like four brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it, I really enjoyed the, like, the dynamic of, like, the three-on-one, like, Leo being the goody two-shoes and how they bring that back around to where, like, well, now you sound like a leader, man. You know, like, I yeah. I really did enjoy all of that. I, I hate that I, it was such a terrible like movie going experience that I basically just zoned out for 30 minutes of the movie. Cause I feel like I only really got the beginning and the end. Um, but you yeah, know, because, I, because... I understood enough of it. So no, absolutely. I I'm really, I, I feel like you're going to like, there's going to eventually be a point where you're going to go to the theater right before it leaves to actually watch it yourself. Um, because yeah. it really like that middle section is really where it shines because it's that it's the bulk of the handout, like the, it's the bulk of the, um, hangout part of the, of the movie that really shines as like the turtles trying to figure out what they should be and what they want to be. Like the, like, I don't know, like, it really does feel like, like, they said that a lot of, like, his, um, a lot of, like, Rogan's influences were of coming-of-age films, um, but also specifically, like, he felt like this was his moment, like, the way that um, Judd Apatow did for his generation with Freaks and Geeks, like, his moment to do something like that, and it really does feel like this doesn't, this feels like Rogan, but it doesn't feel like Rogan. Yeah. Like, it feels like there's something infinitely more sweeter than sour, but there's just enough sour there. But it's not sour in a, in, in the, in the weird, uncomfortable way. It's like a sour in the way that, like, teenagedom is. And, like, the way that, like, you know, you, like, your parents can be. Um, the way that, like, you know, finding out that a uh, like a new person that you you're hanging out with was super cool, but then at the same time, man, they're kind of an asshole. Like, yeah. like it's it's that perfect, like, th- like I said again, it gets the teenager right of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and, uh, like I just kind of love it, and I love the fact that there's still bits and pieces of like what you love about each of the turtles but it's done in such a like a such a different modern way like giving like like i didn't know that i really needed rap as as a chonk but i needed rap as a chonk like you know a guy a a kid who grew up chunk like he was the chunky baby he grew up to be the chunky kid and now he's like the beef the beefy guy like you know the, the the muscle and but seeing that transformation throughout the film very quickly through different things is kind of great. Like Mikey being Mikey, but in a different way and bouncing off of Donnie, which I've always loved. Yeah. Like that was my, that was my, like that was my jam is when Donnie and Mikey were always together. Like when they were together, they were ripping. I mean, that that's my favorite part of the original live action is from the time they, do meet April in the like they bring her back to the sewer mm-hmm. to like the the showdown with the ninjas that 
destroys April's apartment. Like, yes. that's my favorite chunk of that film, probably. Um, because it's just, like, even despite, you know, like, Splinter being kidnapped or whatever, but it, it's them getting to be brothers and, like, fighting with each other and seeing the relationship dynamics and, and yeah, like, all of that is in here, but then you add in, like, the fun of the OG animated series, which was, like, these crazy-ass characters. Like, yes. not Shredder, but, like, Bebop and Rocksteady and uh, the Utroms and uh, Krang and, you know, all of the mutants, Leatherface, uh, well, the Rat King, I guess, technically, and the mutant Baxter Stockman. Um, just all of that. And, and jamming all of that into one movie. Um, and also not having it feel like an overstuffed mess of a film is yes, it's pretty it's pretty good work, you know. Because literally, yeah, no, this entire movie—if you cut out the the brotherhood dynamics—I um, uh, feel like at best you have two episodes, maybe not even a full two episodes of the original animated series, like. It would be an episode of the series and but you add in all of the other stuff and you get, um, you know, uh, hopefully uh, from all accounts except mine, a really fun, charming, heartwarming, uh, you know, Turtles movie. Yeah, no, it, it really is like it's it's really like and then I really did appreciate the fact that. Uh, Leo has this crush on April um, that and, and just like just different things, just different little kind of connective tissues um, that make it like like you said, like it's partial. It has its one foot in in the teeth, like in the original series, like the animated series. But it also dips its toe around into different other things that elevate it and like give it a layered cake like sort of um s sort of style where it's not just one thing it's referencing it's referencing multiple things and also doing it without what i loved so much was without the foot clamp without shredder yep. and without casey jones like yep. none of these things are implemented yet i'm not saying that they will be there's a part of me that like is kind of disappointed. Like it's the whole Joker of the situation, right? Like it kind of disappoints me that you're like you're 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 doing the shredder, though I know that you have to do shredder, right? Um, like you know, with the promise of it with the the mid credit sequence. Um, yeah, shredder as an enforcer and not as the boss, though. That's that's an interesting take on shredder. That is, it really is. Um, it's gonna really like. I'm, I'm very curious as to see, voice wise, where they go with it. Um, the same with like, you know, event. We know that you're, we're gonna get a Casey Jones, right? Um, uh, you know, and how they go. I have a feeling I know the way that they're gonna go with Casey Jones. Uh, they're gonna go very New York because you should go new, very New York with yeah. with Casey Jones. But I feel like I, I'm gonna call it right now. I'm gonna say, um. They're gonna go with somebody like Pete Davidson. I know it sounds weird, yeah, but 
it, it, it's it feels like that's the way that they would like somebody pure New Yorker, right? Like it, it makes I, sense. Like with yeah. with the what they're working in, it does make sense to just get Pete Davidson. And I mean, you know, it might not be terrible. No, so, it might not he, be. He's he's shown flashes of brilliance. <laughs> <laughs> um, though, if this was fifteen to twenty years ago, you bet your ass they'd be they'd be doing everything they could to get Sandler. Uh, to oh, play yeah. Casey Jones, yeah, because that's 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 the way you go fifteen to twenty years ago, right? Um, either him or they go somebody surprising like David Crummels, who's also a pure <laughs> New Yorker. Yeah, uh, like I, I I would die to see Casey Jones played by Crummels. Um, uh, but yeah, it's I feel like this one is going to hit hard for the kids. Um, and I say that like it's like I'm an old man. I'm an old man, but I mean I'm not that old, right? My nephew said for... he enjoyed it, so um, you know I I don't know if he enjoyed it as much as he enjoyed uh, like Spider Verse or um, uh, tra- he really liked Transformers, um, but like I mean he did enjoy it, so um, but, I'm I'm excited but, to see it again. Yeah, and, and like I feel like. That's when it happens is that you're not super excited about a movie until you get to like, like kids don't like, I remember how I was like, there'd be times where I'm like, yeah, it's great. Um, but then like, there'll be a movie where I'm like, oh yeah, it's good. But then again, like it shows up 20 times on HBO and it becomes the jam, right? Yeah. Like same way with this. I guarantee you it's on Paramount or Peacock. No, it's Paramount because they're Nickelodeon or it's on Nickelodeon to stream by October, November, and let the let the brainwashing begin. Like yeah. I guarantee you, the brainwashing will begin. And in let's say 2025, summer 2025, when they release the second one, hopefully, it's gonna it's gonna be like across the Spider Verse. It's gonna just be a ball. It's gonna be like an implosion, a cultural implosion for all these kids who are eight or nine now, or a nine or ten now that liked it, but then become preteens to teen early teenagers that are just worshiping this this movie like it's like the way that like you know we worshiped the first ninja turtles movie or like the tv series nobody knew how big this thing was going to be because they didn't know but we all knew we like we were on i mean you know yeah. we, we watched the show we watched the show for three years and then we found out that there's going to be a fucking movie are you kidding or two years and there's going to be a movie are you fucking kidding me like yeah so like I feel like this one is going to go under the radar for people that don't like turtles. And then they're going to be like, what the hell this turtles movie. I mean, it's going to make it's, it's made a boatload. I think it's made like 50 million since it got released. They haven't gotten the final numbers just as of yet, but it looks like they're it's close to like it's opening week of the opening week is going to be around 50 million, which for a movie that like people were okay okay, you know, um, it, that's a fucking big box office, right? Um, enough to like, you know, at the end of it, it's going to make some money and then the streaming. So I'm excited. Um, like I told you, it's been a long time since I've loved, loved something from the turtles and I love, love this. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm excited to see it again. Um, tentative plans on seeing it with, uh, Ezra, um, Oh, Maybe okay. today he's been a little under the weather, so oh. um, um, so I have I haven't heard from them. So, but Ezra uh, wants to see it, and he wants 
me to go with him to see it. So, um, so yeah, I, I was I was a little worried because I knew my nephew wanted to go, and being in separate cities, I was like, well, I promised I'd take him. Ezra wants me to go see. I was like, man, I hope this movie isn't terrible, and I have to watch it twice. Um, and now I'm just like, well, my experience the first time was terrible, so now it at least justifies the second experience. So, um, <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, today, but if not, probably next weekend. Um, and I'll, I'll report back after I do, uh, watch the entire thing and not a shitty experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so next week we don't have much coming up other than the the Dracula boat movie. Um, so Last Voyage of I'm, the Demeter. I'm I'm not seeing that. I am seeing the Meg next Saturday afternoon. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, if we record Saturday, I will not have seen it. But um, if you're free Sunday, we can wait and record Sunday. I will have seen the Meg too, and we could talk about that. <laughs> Okay, well, let me let me uh, let me check my schedule, and uh, we can get back to that. I think that that might actually not be a bad idea. Um, yeah, it turns uh, out definitely. my dad was a big fan of the Meg. Did not know that, and uh, in our discussions oh. this weekend, as I was visiting him um, because he's been in the hospital, uh, yes. he was like, "I really want to see the Meg too," uh, and I was like, "Really?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, we can't go this weekend though." I was like, "Well, obviously." <laughs> um, and uh, I, uh, next Friday it's my nephew's uh, birthday, and so okay. I'm going down there Friday. And I was like, we could go see it Saturday afternoon, and uh, you know, like one or two or whatever. And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. So, uh, okay. so yeah, I found out that my dad is a fan of the Meg. I'm like, I was just like, <laughs> you don't watch stuff. I guess he likes Jason Statham. I don't know. I was like, that, because that is not the kind of thing that he watches. <laughs> like, <laughs> big shark, stupid, goofy movies. Not his thing. So, that's hilarious. Um, um, it, yeah, it, was, it caught me off guard. It was very funny. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, yeah, no, definitely. We can, we can figure out working it out. And then um, the week after that, we've got uh, Blue Beetle, uh, which. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. I'm, I'm, I feel uh, like I'm going to be the only person in the theater watching the Blue Beetle. I hope not. Yeah. I hope the movie does gangbusters. I hope it winds up being this surprise hit. But every time I'm in a theater and the trailer comes on, it it's like a just a thud. Like it, yeah. people do not react to that trailer. I think it looks great and fun, but. I feel like nobody is reacting to it. And of course now we have nobody promoting it. So I don't know, yeah. man. It's gonna be rough. So I, I really hope it's it doesn't continue the streak of 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 DC movies. I really hope it doesn't because it'd be nice to see it'd be nice to see this one especially. Um yeah. uh to be a to be some kind of hit like beyond you know, beyond what I feel like it's it, like you know, it being like a flash in the pants kind of thing. I really do hope it is. Um, though I'm not gonna hold my breath, which is the way to approach a lot of these these DC things that were in the pipeline pre James Gunn. Um, yes. Not to say that James Gunn is going to be the answer to everything, 
with um, DC. But um, this one, yeah, this is the la- like other than the one that we'll probably never see, um, Aquaman two. This is the last of the this is the last of the DCEU stuff. Um, yeah, God. I, um, I know it's not going to be like the level of Black Panther, but like yeah. the way that um, and this maybe this sounds crass, but I I really just hope that like. It, it, it would be very easy for this movie to fail and mm-hmm. studios to look at it and go, well, this is why we can't cast anybody in like Latinx community as any kind of lead because nobody shows up for those movies. I really hope not. Like, I really, 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 really hope not. Like, because like that just like it closes the door for so many like, you know, like so many things that you would you would really really want to like you really like yeah like you said like like the whole like black but panther of it all like that's I hope the way that, studios look at it. if black panther yep. had failed like some studio execs not saying kevin foggy or anybody but mm-hmm. some studio execs would have looked at it and gone well this is why you can't have a black superhero movie because people don't show up for that yep no you're right you're 100 percent right like i'm not like, like that's the that's the shitty part of it. But 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 you also don't want them want a bunch of people. You don't want uh, even if the only reason like they're going to see it is because like oh this represents our community and we're going to show up for it. Then then the flip side is like don't be a bad movie. Please just don't be a bad movie. Because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> then we're just making bad movies. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's 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 a hundred percent what it is, and we don't want that. Like, you know, I I mean, I don't want that. I don't want to watch a bad movie. I want to watch a good movie, right? Like, ultimately, that's that's what it comes down to. And and um, yeah, no, I mean, I let us hope. We're gonna find out though. We're gonna find out in less than two weeks. You know, so um, until then, or until next week. Um, if they're like, you know, we will definitely, uh, good Lord. I lost my train of thought. Oh, um, where can people find you? Uh, um, week, or this week? uh, over at x wrapping up, uh, our prolonged secret invasion discussion. Cause like <sighs> we started it hopeful and it's, you know, was dwindling as we talked about here, but I was like, well, we committed to doing it, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, but right now, that's man. about it. Um, I'm off for the next few days, so I'm actually going to try to write some stuff and uh, hopefully get back in the groove with that and, uh, you know, get some stuff published. Oh, cool, cool. I'm going to look, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, we still have one in the pipeline, but I wanted to make sure that we had a couple of, um, Should have for... two. Which one do you I have? Think that, uh, let's see here. I'll tell you right now. Um, I think I have. Uh, let's see. Where are you in my? I have to bring Ma- up my email. Uh, Major League see. and. Uh, uh, um, did I, I send you one post- for Empire? Oh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, I have 
uh, no. All I have is um, all I have is major league. Oh, right. okay. Well, I will. So if you, you send over, yeah, send me over the imp, uh, the Jedi one, and we'll have three in the pipeline, which will actually, whenever you're ready to start, we can start. So I'm working on the crow right now. So. Oh, that's that's awesome. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I love the crow. Um, I, I think that far too many people don't know the crow. Like they just yeah, it's don't become know kind the, of a joke. Yeah, it really has. It really has. So, but um, anywho, oh, we will be back uh, next week. Um, Hopefully, you can we recommend the Meg too. <laughs> yeah, the, because I did watch that, and I did. Um, I will keep my. I will keep my opinions uh, until next week. So, until then, guys, talk to you soon. Number 10, every single band that I stole all their MP3s, but before they all sold out, they have all together a few with me now.